phone is off. Okay. How's it going? I'm Coco. And this is Mike. And this is Rock and Vino, the podcast where we talk about wine and music and how the two go so well together. Find past episodes all over the web. You can find them at Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, the Google Play Store, Spotify, so many different places to find it, or rockandvino.com. Uh, like and subscribe. Check out social media at Rock and Vino, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Like all those too. Just like everything. R O C K N V I N O. Exactly. Always good to spell it out. This is literally like the first day in probably a week and a half. I actually have a voice to speak, so yeah, I'm pretty thrilled and, about and this. And why is that, Mike? Tell why, us why, why that is. is. That? Why is that? Why? Could little, it be a little, a little, little hockey game? game? A little <laughs> hockey game that was, uh, it was, it was notable. Yeah. I even tried to watch it. I mean, I've not, mind you, I've not watched a single hockey game this whole season, but I'm like, this is the game to watch. So I tried to get some friends to go to, um, to go to belly. Right, right. And unfortunately they all bailed. Oh no. I know. So I just watched it at home, but very exciting game. Yes. And it took a toll on me for the rest of the week. But you, how close were your seats? Uh, Pretty close. We were probably six rows back, I think. That's Phenomenal for so, you. When you. How cool. When you buy your seats when they're down three to one, no <laughs> one wants to go. So they they weren't expensive at all. And how are they doing now? Uh, it is. We're talking about the sharks. That is by right. The way. The, <laughs> <laughs> talking sharks hockey. Uh, they they are tied one to one. Oh, right on. Yeah. So uh, when this goes live, they'll be playing. Uh, they'll be playing their second game. So or third all game. All right. So. Well, let's go sharks. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, another uh, another great winemaker in with us this week. Yes, we got, uh, we're Mi- very excited. Mitch Rice joining us from uh, Merced Wines. Hello, hello. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for doing yeah, it. Thank you, you so much. So, um, so tell us a little bit about Merced and kind of how the how you guys came about and like your name and all that kind of fun background. Yes, absolutely. So, uh, in a very real way, this is a love story turned into a winery. Nice. So. Uh, when uh, Robin, who's the winery founder, and I were first uh, dating, uh, first of all, we met at Willie's Wine Bar. Nice. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah. So, uh, Great obviously, spot. sad to see it go and welcoming it back in the very new future. So, mm-hmm. we will definitely be helping to uh, bring the latest incarnation of uh, Willie's Wine Bar back around. So, Absolutely. excited about that. Yeah. So, we met. I kept uh, coming over, uh, being invited, bringing a bottle of wine that had no label, no foil, no nothing, just a little something that I made. And uh, Robin kept going, like, what is this? This is amazing. And I'm just like, you know, just home wine. Just, you know, (laughs) just, she's like, all right. So I kept getting invited back. And uh, (laughs) so she fell in love with the wine and uh, she'll tell you it took her quite a bit longer, but she fell in love with me eventually. And and here we are. So when we got engaged, she's like, you know, we really need to start a winery. We need to do this, share this wine. And so that's the the genesis of Mersenne Wines. Very lovely. And then the name Mersenne is from a Renaissance French monk. So originally just kind of researching prime and you come across this thing called a Mersenne prime. Mm-hmm. And the more I look into him, the more uh, interesting it gets. Like the the core concept is prime fruit harmony of flavors. And he was the first to find sort of a formula for finding prime numbers and also the first to describe harmony in string instruments. Wow, no way. How cool. And he's the father of the like scientific journal. So he had uh, great thinkers from all around the world writing him letters and he would combine them into what would eventually become a scientific journal and publish them throughout Europe. So people could get their ideas uh, seen. So this community... Harmony, Prime, all this stuff really uh, resonated with us, and we wanted to use the name. That's phenomenal. What a fun, what a fun like um, name, and how that all came about. Like, that's really fascinating. Even if no one can pronounce it or spell it, it's still an amazing <laughs> thing. Mike got it on the first try. Good yeah, job. you did. Well played. Hey. I get it. One in ten, I get right. So I'm, I'm excited about well, that. Well, you did one. good today. <laughs> what was your wine wine making background? Actually. Uh, started as a photography project. I was a photographer 
I am a photographer, been doing it for 30 some odd years, mm. um, and was hired by the beverage people, local uh, you know, wine and beer making supplies to photograph the entire process of making beer and the entire process of making wine. So they could use it in their how-to catalog and things like that. Um, and beer making was great, came out with a nice beer, but fundamentally it felt like cooking. You follow the recipe, you get oh. the result, right? So you made beer before? Yeah. Oh, yeah. very cool, okay. And then winemaking went through the process and I'm like, oh my God, this is magic. Like, you know, <laughs> there was just something about combining the walking in the vineyard on an early morning, tasting the fruit, like putting it all together, the smell of fermentation, and then you have to wait. Like you don't know what you're gonna get and then you, you know, Got to be patient, come back right? to it, yeah. <laughs> uh, and even if you come back to that same vineyard, you're going to get a different result. Mm -hmm. And it's that's just so cool to me that you can kind of learn the arc of how a vine grows, how the fruit ripens, and then how to treat that when it gets into the winery, so that you can bring the best out of it. And even doing everything, you know, with the same intent and style, you're going to get a unique uh, product at the end, which is just so fun to me. That is amazing. So you learn these processes through the photography project? That, that's gotta be a cool way to learn about something. Yeah, no, it was amazing. So, you know, there's certain steps that are key to the, the process and uh, had to document those for the catalog. And then Nancy Vineyard, who uh, was one of the people with Byron Birch that were, you know, getting me into this, were just an amazing wealth of uh, knowledge for a very novice person who was hooked to a new process to you know get the supplies that I needed and get <laughs> you know everything to learn it and so started that that was 1997 uh -huh. and then did another vintage in 99 and then from 2005 to this year I haven't missed a vintage wow so, awesome yeah just kind of a group of friends together someone would buy the fruit someone would buy a barrel I would go make everything together and we'd all split it up at you know a couple of years later so that was a lot of fun that's the wine i was bringing over to robin oh very nice yeah. and so now do you have your own facility or we do yes we make wine uh at a custom crush facility that is run by dylan sheldon mm -hmm. and John. our previous guest yes <laughs> yeah, had him. um and he is just a phenomenal person to work with so yeah. you know obviously a I had my style of winemaking and needed access to all the facilities that, you know, Custom Crush provides so I don't have to buy my own crusher and pump and all those kind of things. And yeah. so be able to, to bounce my ideas and style off of someone as knowledgeable as Dylan and John Phillips from uh, Inspiration Vineyards. It's a really, it's a wonderful place to be. How cool. And, and remind us of where that location is. It's in the Coffee Park neighborhood. So, yeah, yeah kind of uh, there's a whole sort of industrial winemaking area over there that's a lot of fun. Everything from Carol Schelt and Vinify. Uh, there's another one that just kind of uh, opened up a tasting room. Uh, John Duffy, I believe. Oh, just cool. got a new tasting room in the last few weeks over there. So it's becoming kind of a neat yeah. uh, garagista, if you want to call it that, or, you know, uh, it's not the sexy vineyard on the hill. It's like <laughs> the where it all gets done. <laughs> but, I mean, that's really cool, too. I mean, that like, oh, yeah. has its own, like, sexiness to it and, like, really unique. Um, I don't know. I think it's its own unique experience. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I love it there. It's definitely uh, feels like a really good community. Nice. Are, are you able to operate a tasting room out of a facility like that, or is that a separate something different? No, we can absolutely do tasting by appointment. Um, I like to do it, you know, like pull a little table out by the barrels, get it like right where it's made. There is a tasting room there that's available by appointment, but it's kind of more fun to get out and get in the barrels and kind of be a part of the uh, production and wine making as you're tasting it. It's kind of fun. Nice. And so you brought some lovely wines for us to try today. I did, I did. Um, shall we start with a little bit of a tasting and then we'll talk more about the winery and maybe your fun events that you do? Absolutely. So first off, we have uh, just released 2018 Rosé of Pinot Noir. Nice. And is that, oh, Rosé of Pinot. Okay, nice. Yep. Love it. And it's a beautiful color. Thank you. Kind of has like a nice deep deepness to it. The color. 
little bit more time on skin, so there it's not. Uh, yeah, I love that. Not as light, and just has a little bit of that original Pinot Noir character, to, uh, but not a heavy wine at the same time. Mm-hmm. This is probably a dumb question for me, but how does, <laughs> do, how much does rosé of Pinot vary from just rosé rosé? Is it, are it just different grape or what? So rosé is more of a style than a type of grape. So mm -hmm. if you start with a red grape and uh, take it off the skins right away, you're going to end up with a very pale pink wine. If you leave even a little bit of time, like we did here, on the skins, you're going to start to get color right away. So you can have uh, something as popular or whatever as White Zinfandel, which is simply a rosé by another name with the, <laughs> exactly. uh, with the red Zinfandel grape. Um, have you ever tried to do a rosé maybe from like a Cabernet or um, like a Syrah? I haven't. I love Pinot Noir and I, I love the too. way that it, you know, expresses yeah. itself in rosé. So mm -hmm. uh, part of the beauty of being a winemaker and owning your own winery is you get to make the wine you really like to drink. So mm -hmm. here we are. <laughs> I would say rosé and Pinot are my two favorites. See, you have like, both together right here. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> this is really nice. It has says um, nice. It has some good acidity to it. Um, yeah, get a little bit of strawberry on there. It's nice. Yeah, definitely. You get the almost a little hints of rhubarb and cooked strawberry. Oh yeah, that kind of. Mm -hmm. Perfect for the summertime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're getting into rosé weather for sure. And um, what's the production on your rosé? We do just 35 cases. Awesome. Wow. Yeah. Our entire production for everything we make is only about 450 cases. Okay. So we are micro winery for sure. Uh, and out of that, we do a Sauvignon Blanc, Cabernet, Pinot Noir, and rosé. And when the vineyard's available, we do a little bit of uh, Cabernet Franc as well. Oh, fun. Yeah. Okay. And we source our fruit from vineyards in both Sonoma County and in Napa Valley as well, in the Rutherford area for a Sauvignon Blanc and Cabernet. And now it looks like you guys recently had a uh, a pickup party. Is that right? Or yeah, a... we had our spring release party. Nice. And so you ago. had a, a band play there. It seems like you guys are into music as well. Oh yeah, which is absolutely why we love to We're have in you the on right the show. Place. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Get that little connection in there. Yeah, so we were fortunate enough to go to a home show a few years ago um, by a group, Scars on 45. Okay. So that was my first introduction that even anything like that was possible. You know, something, a band that I'd heard of, songs that I'd heard on the radio, like here they are in a friend's living room. Yeah, that's and we're cool. Like, oh my God, that's mm -hmm. amazing. So uh, we made a friendship with them that has lasted through several, you know, years and different performances the they did the release party for their third album satellite town at the winery wow. um, so just a great um, experience kind of seeing that intimate shows like that were even possible and so when we saw that we had them come play for the winery and they've been back like i say several times just these little you know unplugged concerts by uh, people that we love as musicians has been a lot of fun Awesome. Those are my favorite. It's just, I feel like the acoustic sets from bands, it just brings a whole different dynamic to the song, to the experience. It's, it's, it just, it's so much more intimate. Yeah, I agree. There's an emotive quality to just being there with, you know, a simple setup, microphone, guitar. Yeah. Maybe uh, one of the uh, boxes to give you a, you know, a bit of percussion or something, but that's like the fancy version. Mostly just strip it down with vocal, guitar. I love it. Are you super into music? I am not like a crazy autophile or anything like yeah. that. I just know, you know, what I like, and I yeah. super appreciate uh, being able to put some of these things together to create those experiences for the wine club members, for ourselves. You know, Absolutely. it's just such a uh, it's a treat to be able to be a part of that. Now, since then, you actually collaborated with that band on a wine, correct? We did, yeah. So we were uh, sitting around our dining room table after one of the shows and uh nova who's uh, the keyboard player of scars on 45 he's like ah oh, mate we just really want to do a wine and i'm like well let's do it nice <laughs> yeah like but you know what's stopping us yeah and uh so 
that was the genesis. And then we did some barrel tastings, put blends together. Uh, by then they had traveled back to England. So on their next trip over, we did a final blend, approved the label, design, all that kind of stuff and put it together. So very cool. And uh, we're going to be tasting that a little bit later, but right. that's so exciting. And we'll talk about that cool label too. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. That's very cool. And do you think, do you feel like, um, like during your events, the music brings a whole different dynamic to enjoying the wine maybe? Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, different people have different experiences with it, but I think one of the things that we really see is one of the gifts that we can give in addition to great wine is great music. And yeah. so this is equal parts, you know, release party and also thank you for our wine club members and things like that. So we really look carefully for people that are are very talented and maybe just getting uh, known. We've had uh, Scott Malvahill, who is an amazing bass player from uh, Nashville. Mm. We had him come out. He is this kind of incredible vocal percussionist bass player all in one just this incredible combination and then for this latest uh, release party we had the talbot brothers up from uh, or they came down from portland and uh, brothers both guitar players incredible harmony vocals uh, working together Uh, it was just absolutely magic experience so this kind of synergy of bringing people together for wine, but then also just focusing on this wonderful creative experience that uh, is in a super intimate environment. Like it's a really, uh, it's a step up in terms of space and size from the living room shows, that kind of home show. Mm -hmm. They were doing a real concert. There's, you know, a hundred people there, but a hundred people all around an intimate little stage is still, you know, a great, tiny little oh, experience. Yeah. 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 And how do you find the bands that come to your winery? It's been a mix. Like I said, we did the home show uh, at a friend's house and found Scars on 45. Yeah. Um, they weren't available for an event. And so we called someone that was involved with uh, the Live in the Vineyard group. Oh, mm. cool. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is another music and wine event right. that we participate. Yes. You Love know, we've that event. We've been That's doing a- that for the last four of their five years. Oh, we've really? Been, what do you do with them? Uh, it started out just pouring at one VIP wine event. Yeah. Um, they're welcome. Uh, that was four years ago. And then it's evolved into participating in the Taste of Yauntville, uh-huh. which is, you know, uh, it used to be two days this year. It was one day, uh, but it's a culinary uh, food, wine, amazing experience where people can come and taste you know, all different kinds of wines. Everything you could ever want. Yes, and they have amazing <laughs> artists from all over that come and perform for those. And then we did a food and wine dinner with a artist, uh, David Ryan Harris. Uh-huh. So he is someone that uh, played with John Mayer for a number of years, guitarist, vocalist. Yeah. Um, and so that was at Hurley's in Yountville. So Chef Hurley created a menu based on our wines. We had five different things together. And then at the end, David Ryan Harris played an amazing set. Again, for like 25 people. Phenomenal. Just like incredible concert. And uh, this year we did uh, a music, food, and wine dinner at uh, the, they call it the Acacia Barn Mm -hmm. at uh, Las Alcobas in St. Helena. Oh, yeah. It's a great spot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they had uh, Runaway June as their main artist for that so very cool it was a lot of fun so that's again tying in with the music food and wine being a part of that environment has opened up uh, a certain uh, credibility i think when an artist gets an invitation from us they don't necessarily i mean they check and then like oh well these guys are legit we can, yeah <laughs> we can, we can make that trek out there <laughs> right yeah the very warehouse cool. yeah we can come play in a warehouse sure. yeah <laughs> It's like you say that I I think that I mean what we've learned doing just through this show that the processes of each have so many tie-ins to each other that I think musicians are more naturally are going to gravitate to those kinds of things because I I think there's just an understanding of you know the process to make the wine or it it just it makes sense to have (laughs) have them go together like that in that kind of situation. Yeah, I think, you know, with winemaking in particular, it's definitely a passion. And in that sense, 
music as a passion, winemaking as a passion. You get those two things together, and just like a song having a beautiful, you know, arc and melody, a wine will have those. A, a good wine will have those things as yeah. well. You get that initial expression, you get the mid palate, and you get that finish. And so the time is maybe more compressed than a song, but the energy is really similar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. It's so cool, and it's like the—I feel like the feeling that you get from a good wine and the feeling that you get from a good song is very similar. I could see that. You yeah, know, it's just sure. like this elevated experience where you're just like, my life is just so good right now. You know, like in that moment in time that you're either drinking that wine or listening to that song or seeing a band in concert that you love. I just feel like that is—it's just such a similar experience, and it—and then if you blend the two together, like, hello. so yeah, <laughs> even better. Even better, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, and I think that, you know, in both cases, it's something you want to reach for again and again. Like, Absolutely. You know, and the you thing get a with, taste of it, you're like, oh, yeah. You do. And the, I think with both of them, actually, it's like once you have that experience, it, it is a single experience. No matter how hard you try to re-experience that same thing, you oh, yeah. can't. Yeah. But it may be similar, but you can't ever, like, recreate it. But you can definitely have a similar experience, but you can never, you know? Like, when you see a good show and you're just like, God, that was a good show, and I'm going to go see that band again tomorrow night. Like, it's a good experience, but it's never the same. It's still its, it's, its unique. own unique thing. Absolutely. And same with wine. I feel like with wine, you can have a great bottle and then open it up the next week or maybe the next day. I don't know how much you sure. like to drink. But, and, then, <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, you can have a good experience. Just it's, it's, it's not the same, but it's still amazing. Yeah, it's who you're with, it's the food you're eating, it's all those things together creating this incredible synergy Yeah, uh, that you remember more than any one of the individual parts. You just get all that together. Exactly. It's very cool. Yeah. Love it. You mentioned the wine club earlier. Uh, you sort of have a, I don't know if you call them mini wine club, tiers of wine clubs. That sure. You have a few different mm-hmm. things going on. How does that work if people want to um, you know, find out more of what you're doing? Yeah, absolutely. So as a small producer, um, without a tasting room, one of the things we really try to do is make our wine club offerings very enticing. We want to reward people for their loyalty of uh, supporting us and helping us do what we do. So we have three levels uh, of wine club. We only do two releases a year. We time our releases when it's good to ship wine because Mm -hmm. (laughs) we only really get that spring and fall when it's perfect weather for shipping. (laughs) So we do our two releases a year during that time. Nice. Um, So our Crush Club is just three bottles in each of the releases, so six a year. Our Prime Club is six bottles twice a year. And our Founders Club uh, is 12 bottles twice a year, and we're limiting that to uh, 25 members for nice. the Founders Club. Each has a different level of discount and things included, but they all uh, involve you know, getting you discounts and or access to the concerts, um, discounts on the wine. Crush is 15, Prime is 20%, and the Founders Club is a 35% discount. And That's nice. The, That's yeah, good. Yeah, we That's try to be generous. M- that is generous. That's more than most. Correct. Yeah. And then the Founders Club will evolve once it's full to a 12 bottle club by a different name mm-hmm. that will probably have a, a slightly lower discount yeah yeah very cool that's nice that's great and then head of the music event can anyone attend the music events or is yes. it those specifically wine club at this point we are working on having it open to everybody but this last spring release with the number of members that we have uh, we did reach capacity so um, they are selling out now instead of uh, some of the earlier events you know, we just had the right number of people, right tickets, it all worked out, and now uh, we are having to be a little more uh, heads up, like, hey, if you want to come, you need to, like, <laughs> Words getting you out. need to do this. <laughs> That's always good. I wanted to mention, too, that we met the Talbot Brothers on an event called the Rock Boat, oh. which is this cruise that has, I believe it was 31 bands over five days out uh, at sea from... Uh, Florida and it went to Key West, the Bahamas, and back. Wow. Yeah. So the they rock were boat. the rock boat. Whoa. Absolutely. Okay. Which was a really neat experience. And the Talbot brothers were uh, part of this sound check they have where people can vote on who they want to add to the main lineup oh, wow. of the of the ship. Neat. Who else was on that on that ship? The headliners were Matt Nathanson. Oh, I love him. And Andrew McCann. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Nice. So uh, just a super fun 
uh, nonstop music adventure for yeah. the whole time you're there. It was pretty neat. What was your favorite stop along that along that route or that ship? You know, honestly, the stops on the ship were completely secondary. I was oh. surprised by Key West because, uh, you know, it had been hit by hurricane. It's something that I hadn't really experienced that part of Florida. We have mm-hmm. family more up in the uh, Royal Palm Beach kind of area. So I'd been to Florida, mm-hmm. but never the Keys. And that's the biggest surprise about the rock boat is you kind of don't care where you're going. Mm-hmm. Nice. You've got 31 bands with you. You can get on the elevator <laughs> yeah. with Matt Nathanson oh, and just be like, so hey, what's cool. up? It's like, oh, that's amazing. It's like, really? We're in Key West? Okay, well, let's go watch <laughs> another show. We're good. Right. And so are all the shows included in that and in like the price and yes. all that? Oh, that's yeah. great. Everything. There's, How cool. Uh, six stages that range from little uh, stage tucked under an overhang by the bar to a giant pool deck like open festival concert uh, and everything in between a theater that's on the ship gets converted into a great intimate stage experience so it just you have to like get on you have this whole almost like a bracket like okay well from three to five i'm gonna be here and then <laughs> i gotta leave and get over to this theater totally before. it's like a festival it, it, on a ship it, it really really on the water wow. wow absolutely that's really cool <laughs> so that was a lot of fun and so we were really happy to meet the talbot brothers they just blew our minds on the ship and we're thrilled to have them come down and play for us. I'll have to check them out. They sound like a lot of fun. Yeah, they're good guys too. I've almost done one of those about five different times and now I think I'm sold. Like, I, I, I think you've sold me on the musical cruise. Are you going on Shiprock, Mike? <laughs> that would probably be the number one now. <laughs> there was the Paramore cruise for a while. Oh, well, duh. <laughs> I didn't know they did a cruise. They did. Wow. <laughs> Mike's obsessed with Paramore. Well, with Haley, right? Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> He's Paramore. focused. Paramore's good. Yeah. But, ooh, oh my God. <laughs> All right, let's talk about your delicious Pinot now. All right, this is again, brand new release, 2017 Pinot, Russian River. Thank you. Blend of three tiny little vineyards, just 75 cases made of this. Uh, The day it was released, we found out that we had uh, won gold medal, 93 points from the North Coast Best of the Best competition. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, Best Democrat. That's great. Yeah, that was exciting. Mm, So nice to start off with a bang. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Perfect sound effects right there. For those of you <laughs> gluck, gluck, not gluck, seeing gluck. what we're seeing. <laughs> I love that sound effect. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a really nice pinot. You know. May I see the bottle? Yeah, absolutely. Now, so three vineyards, which vineyards are those? They're in, they're, most of the vineyards that we work with are very small vineyards on people's uh, personal property. Wow. So uh, one is in Green Valley, maybe 150 vines mm-hmm. get, you know, anywhere, depending on the season, from a half ton to uh, almost a full ton from that vineyard. Um, another one kind of by Andy's Produce off 116. Oh, wow. And then down Vine Hill Road for another. And in each case, they are just these unique properties that have uh, clones that I really like working with. And I get to be more hands-on in the vineyard management and all that kind of stuff because it's small enough that yeah. I can handle it. I can actually get out there and walk the whole vineyard in a morning and know you know, where it sits. So Awesome. That helps a lot. And what clones are in this? Particular, uh, they're you know. mostly the standard Dijon clones, mm-hmm. um, 115, 667, Pomard. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's the little bit of 777. Nice. Yeah. I love that. What's the process for you in finding the right vineyard of where you're going to uh, harvest grapes from? Is, it, is there an expectation of what is going to come from it, or is there some amount of experimentation, or how, how does that work for you? Finding a new vineyard, you kind of, uh, the clues are often in the vines themselves. You see how they've been pruned in previous years, how the soil's been managed, that kind of thing. And then often there's a sort of a pedigree that comes along with it as well. With the small vineyards that I've worked with, um, often people were home winemakers before in that vineyard. So I was able to taste what they came up with before agreeing to, to take the fruit. But you can kind of tell when a vineyard is, you know, babied or at least well-maintained 
and if it is wild and feral, I probably am not going to go there because I'm, right. I'm not the guy to fight it back. <laughs> like I can make good wine from grapefruit, and that is awesome. But I don't want to spend all my time in the vineyard coaxing health out of a, a feral vine. Yeah. <laughs> now, how would you uh, explain uh, your Pinot? What tasting notes would you say you have here? So I aim sort of for middle ground in our local Pinot. I love the Russian River Appalachian, mm -hmm. but I don't want to go crazy big bold cab style pinot so mm -hmm. you still have uh, a lot of fruit forward notes and then kind of an earthy softer mid palette and Love then that. just a really long finish mm -hmm. so i want to really lovely pinot have it have an arc and a roundness to it and have you know a boldness without being over the top mm -hmm. that would be my description Boldness without being over the top. I think that <laughs> that describes it perfectly, actually. Thank you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, we've been fortunate. I realized, actually, on the way over here that we have, for the Pinot Noir, we have had gold medals for each vintage that we've released. Congratulations. Yeah, That's thanks. awesome. Do you ever um, put your wines in the Harvest Fair? We have done the Harvest Fair. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. All competitions are somewhat fickle. Yeah. yeah. Like oh, my gosh, it, totally. Yeah. Yeah, it's so based I try not on to take who's it too tasting. Personally, I know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 2015, we got double gold on our Pinot Noir and a gold on our Russian River Cab. Wow. Um, I'm trying to think if we got, I think we got a gold last year, but I believe it was in, uh, I think it was our Russian River Cab mm -hmm. that got gold last year. Yeah. So anyway, awesome. it changes from year to year. But Yeah. Definitely fun to enter. The competitions that I focus on, again, because we're so small, are the competitions that offer a public tasting. Yeah. So the San Francisco Chronicle International Wine Competition has a tasting down at Fort Mason. Mm -hmm. Harvest Fair has a great tasting. And obviously the North Coast Best of the Best has a wonderful tasting down at the Soma Village as well. So those are, are the opportunities I look for. Not only, obviously, it's wonderful to get a medal, but it's also really nice to be able then to turn around and have people come find you. Yeah, I mean, that's always the goal, right? Yeah. Is to have people find you and join the wine club and yeah. come experience your amazing wines and your events. So. I love making the wine, but I love seeing people's reaction to it and getting the anniversary photo where they're like, yeah, we had our 25th anniversary and we had your Pinot. And it's like, those are just really cool moments to be able to share with people. And mm -hmm. that, obviously, as we... Uh, get more and more wine club members and more and more of our wine is out there those stories multiply and it's just it's a, a real gift to nice. be a part of that for people I'd say that's almost another musical tie-in sort of you have <laughs> this product that you've worked you know you've worked long and hard on and you sort of can put it out to the world and see how people react to it it's got to be like you say it's got to be a cool thing to see people you know taste it and try it and I mean that I'm sure the awards are, are cool, too, to have come along with it, that, you know, it's a, a stamp of approval on, on its quality. Yeah, I think, you know, uh, what would be another analogy? Like, if one, an artist's song got put on a Spotify playlist. Yeah. Like, that gave it this sort of stamp of approval that the powers that be wanted you to hear this <laughs> song. And, Absolutely. you know, that is uh, what kind of happens with some of these competitions. Like, hey, you got this, and now people get to come uh, try it out. So, mm -hmm. that's a lot of fun. I love it. And so um, you you guys do a bunch of different wines. So you guys have a few different cabs. We do. Right now we have three cabs. We have an Alexander Valley cab. That's our SO45. That's the one I brought. Nice. And then we have a Russian River cab, which is made from a tiny vineyard that is actually on the very eastern edge, on the other side of 101 from where you would think the Russian River Appalachian would end. There's a tiny little carve out for this uh, uh, Cabernet vineyard in the Russian River Appalachian. Um, and that uh, has been a fantastic vineyard to work with and just really fun wines. And then what I was making most as a home winemaker was Rutherford Cab. And so we've continued ah. doing uh, a Cabernet and then we added a Sauvignon Blanc from the vineyard that I had been working with for years and years. So the Rutherford Cab is near and dear to my heart. I love a big bold Napa cab. Would you say your cabs are um, like heavy in tannins or are they a little bit more approachable with like the food friendliness and the acidity? I definitely go for a California style in terms of a big luscious Cabernet. Oh yeah. But I mm -hmm. personally get kind of turned off by a super tannic just like makes you 
pucker and gosh totally. this is going to be great in 30 years <laughs> right like, like no. who wants to wait like, that yeah. long like our i'm I mean, not that patient we all need instant gratification like yeah. in general so yeah i totally get that yeah so our <laughs> cab is definitely a big bold lush all new french oak like big big wine but not in an over-the-top dense oh my god my mouth is drying out kind of way mm-hmm. yeah it's just uh, with any of the wines i make i kind of want a small story to happen that beginning the middle the end yeah in each of those areas it's got something to say mm-hmm. and uh, i find that if it's too tannic too tight that story gets a little harder to tell if you're maybe really really into wine you know you can see what's going on there yeah but if you're just trying to approach something for the first time i'd rather have something that's uh, yeah a little more balanced and a little more open absolutely you mentioned laying down the bottles, and I think it was a couple of weeks back. I saw a bottle from I think it was 1972 got what? opened. What? Where? And in in this studio we're recording in. Oh nice. my goodness! <laughs> and like at first that sounds like a cool thing. Like oh, it's 1972. I wonder how it would hold up. And then as, um, as they were opening it, they're like, well. It's got about 20 minutes in it, and it's going to turn brown, which seems like a lot of pressure. Like, you've held this for so long. Well, and, and it's like, is that cork preserved? Because right? sometimes with yep. those old bottles, it's like, you mm-hmm. really got to make sure you get that cork out of there, like, you know, like in one piece, <laughs> exactly. if you're lucky. So I had a family friend uh, back when I was uh, in college that lived over in St. Helena. And their habit, uh, we would all get together there for like 4th of July, Memorial Day, like all the big holidays. There were big parties at their house. It was amazing. Yeah. And there was great wine always. But uh, Stuart would ask, when's your birthday? And so uh, mine's in 1967. Uh, Other people had that were answering the question had, you know, birthdays in different years. But he would reach into his cellar and pull out a wine from that year. How cool. So uh, it was the Heights Cellars, Martha's Vineyard, Cabernet from Mm. 1967 for me. And it was like, it was just such a treat to see how that wine had changed over time. Mm -hmm. And then at another event, uh, the gentleman had been born in 1945. Whoa, and he had a wine? he had a Cabernet from 1945. It wasn't wasn't Heights Cellars, which was his go-to vineyard for uh, impressing people. But... (laughs) It had definitely completely changed in character. It no longer was what I would recognize mm-hmm. as a Cabernet. It mm-hmm. almost was sherry-like. Yeah. Very, very uh, thin in color mm-hmm. and more in the brown, but wonderful in its own way. Like if you were going expecting Napa Cab, you're not. that's not what's there anymore. Right. But it was still balanced. It was still interesting to drink, even so though you know it was nothing one. like, yeah. Yeah. And oh, interesting. So that was a neat treat. That gave me some sense of like why people would want to lay something down that long. Before then, it's like, well, you know, here it is. It's great. Why would I wait to see <laughs> if maybe it gets great? Yeah. No. It's cool. One of my friends, her dad um, has been in the wine industry for a long time, so he has a ton of wine, and he opens up a bottle of wine from her birth year every year for her birthday, which is so nice. That is so, nice Which is really cool. Um, I've not had a wine from my birth year yet, but one the day. The closest we've come with that is uh, my daughter and her boyfriend were out harvesting uh, the Cabernet Franc we were talking about. Uh-huh. My mom's out there. My daughter, we're like, we're, we're doing it together. <laughs> and then as we like finish the harvest, we're like, hey, this is going to come out when you turn 21. <gasps> cool. So for our wow. 21st birthday, I was able to pull out that wine that we'd all work together to harvest. I mean, that's so cool. Share. That was fun. To like, she's like, I helped make this wine, essentially. And now right? I can drink it. I'm legit. I can <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> how, how cool. And is fun. your daughter into music? She is. She's actually the music teacher at Oakhurst High School. Wow. So, yeah, um, she went to Sonoma State, studied the music education program there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Before that, she was uh, at um, Maria Carrillo High School. Oh, very cool. So, yeah, she was, uh, Justin Enright was the music teacher there, and he really, I think, helped inspire and focus her desire to become a music teacher. Awesome. So, yeah, that's her. She's a 
saxophone player and now through the music education program has had to learn pretty much every other instrument <laughs> so she can teach it. That's really cool. But how cool that she knows sax. Like, not yeah. a lot of people know saxophone, I don't think, you know? Like, yeah. that's really cool. It's a fun instrument, and she plays, I mean, uh, the tenor is her main, but she'll do soprano, alto, berry. She's She's got it down. So for these music events, it's been fun to, to have her come. Uh, a couple of events ago, she and her boyfriend jammed before oh, the cool. band came on. That was a lot of fun. Very, very cool. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, shall we talk about the SO45 now? Absolutely. All right. So, from uh, a post-concert high, drinking wine <laughs> around the table, to a finished bottle, we have uh, Alexander Valley uh, River Block Single Vineyard Cabernet from uh, 2015. So, we... Uh, work together with the band not only to do the final blend of the wine but on the concept for the label which oh, wow. is a 45 wow. record yes so love the story it. with scars on 45 is that aretha franklin was borrowing records from her father <laughs> and he's like don't return it with scars on it and, uh, so from that story uh, i believe they sort of were gleaning the the name scars on 45 so what a cool name. Yeah. And like what a cool story behind that. That's really neat. So I found a, uh, a image of a 45 record, put in the little disc that you have to have to make it play on your 33 RPM. Yes. And uh, built the graphics for the label around that. So it's kind of a, a fun record slash label and uh, a fun wine. Now, being a band from uh, being an English band, were they wine knowledgeable coming in, or was was were you like their introduction to the world of wine? No, they were wine lovers. Oh, really? For sure. Oh, yeah. Awesome. No, they were interested. They were very happy to be playing in a winery. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Has they, its benefits. Yes. Yes. <laughs> they do tell a story about uh, having uh, a sponsorship or doing music for another winery years ago, and. Uh, getting wine in exchange for that and mm -hmm. then realizing that maybe that wasn't such a great trade <laughs> oh, after no. all. <laughs> so oh, man. They were super happy when they got to control the, the quality and know that they were going to get a, a good wine to uh, to pair with their music and things. They were super enthusiastic about it. Um, they had played at other wineries and things, oh, Napa Valley and here, and so they had been exposed to uh, the wine world a fair bit. Very, very cool. Yeah, not a whole lot of winemaking over in Bradford, England. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, with making this wine with the band's input, how did that come along? Like, how did that happen? And how much of input did they have with kind of the progression of, of the wine? Well, I had already harvested and done the primary fermentation of the fruit. So this is, again, like I said, 2015 Alexander Valley Cab. And... Uh, when we were sitting around the table and they wanted to do a wine, rather than starting from scratch and mm -hmm. getting out there, I'm like, I have something I want you guys to check out. So awesome. we did originally just a barrel tasting and then they were excited about that. We took it further, did the final blend of the different elements of uh, the barrels. And once that was approved, they were thrilled. So Awesome. Yeah, so we got to start with a, a wine that had already uh, had its genesis and yet we got to work with them to fine tune it and make it just the way they wanted it. So That's that was really a lot of cool. fun. Yeah. Really cool. Yeah, what happens in the process from barrel to bottle? What how much control do you have in that in that little time span there? Well there's uh, as with many things, there's sort of an infinite number of things that you could do. As a tiny producer, some of those decisions that you have to make right after that primary fermentation are what kind of barrel you want it in, the type of wood, the tightness of the grain, who's the cooper, all those kind of things. The larger production you have, the more different elements you can bring into it. Mm. So for us, it's often choosing three unique barrels, maybe a neutral barrel and a brand new French oak barrel with really tight grain, and then maybe another one from uh, a different cooper. So you get these, again, back to the music thing, you get three different notes. Mm. that you can then combine in different uh, elements and then you could certainly bring in, uh, in this case, single vineyard, 100% Cabernet. But with our Rutherford Cab, for example, 
uh, we can bring in like 3% or 5% cab franc. Just kind of give it that extra little note. So from the time it's done with its primary fermentation, you are tasting it and uh, having it in whatever style of barrel you want. You With a white wine, you would just do stainless steel, for example. Mm-hmm. Or if you wanted to do oak on your white wine, you could do that as well. Um, we like stainless as far as style choice for our white wine and for the rosé. And what style of oak do you use for your wines typically? The Scars on 45, the Alexander Valley Cab, is a blend of neutral and new oak. So the neutral oak still gives the oxygen exchange, the aging, the, you know, uh, sort of it's not locked in like it was in the beginning. With stainless steel, it's not going to change for the most part. And is it French or American oak? All French oak. All French. Awesome. Yep. Nice. And then I tend to select tight grain French oak barrels so that I can keep them in barrel longer and Mm -hmm. not get too much oak influence from it. That's great. Yeah. This is a lovely wine. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Very easy drinking, delicious cab. And it has, you know, uh, again, because I'm coming from the Rutherford cab, uh, sort of a warmer climate, richer sort of big lush cab one of the nice things about making an alexander valley cab is the climate the soil is different in that it allows some of the more typical characteristics of cabernet Mm -hmm. to come through Uh, you can certainly do that in napa valley but the style i like is that big lush napa valley cab so when i'm playing with uh, sonoma county fruit and the days aren't as hot and you don't have uh, quite as uh, dominant weather pattern like you can get some foggy mornings and Mm -hmm. things like that to kind of slow things down i just love having some of that uh cabernet characteristics the under ripe notes uh still kind of carry through a little bit which is a wonderful uh, balance with the rich lush cab oh yeah now, with, with this being a collaboration with the band, are you looking, are musical collaborations something you want to do more, or is this sort of its own, living as its own thing? You know, I mean, I would never turn down a cool opportunity, <laughs> like, don't get me wrong. Um, it was a wonderful synergy of the right people at the right time mm. with the right wine, and just wonderful energy from them to... Uh, be excited about bringing something like this to life and if something like that happened with another group that would totally be fine Um, (laughs) but not uh, the collaboration I think that we are excited about and looking to continue is these release party concerts because just being able to like meet someone on the rock boat and then have them come down to the winery whatever that is like four or five months later just such a gift like I can't express Here's a, a moment. They do their big concert. They're uh, behind their amplified mics and all that kind of stuff. And people have been drinking for a little while. Like, it's getting <laughs> loud and, and people are having a good time. And uh, for their encore, they step down in front of the stage, completely unmiked, uh, a mandolin and a guitar and their two voices. Mm. And they played out one more song. And all these people that had been loud and partying and fun were spellbound. They were just there in the moment, quiet, listening to this acoustic. And those moments are so special. Mm-hmm. It's just like, I want to make that happen whenever I can. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, like, Robin so and I cool. are just really into that for sure. And that's such a hard thing to do when a crowd has already kind of reached their, you know, like peak of I was shocked. Yeah. of uh, alcohol consumption or <laughs> you know, and it just to get them to actually calm down and like just I don't know, but you, you be really in the just be in the moment. Be in the moment. And you Absolutely. really just got to draw them in and and it it sounds like I mean, what's well, a testament that, to the Talbot brothers that they could read the crowd. Yeah. They so could cool. bring it around and they they are amazing artists. Like, you, you know, the people that were there, alcohol or no alcohol, they yeah. were with them. Absolutely. And that was really cool. Now, my question for you is what would be your favorite wine? Or I guess like on a, on a, maybe when you go home today, 
So like a good day, let's hope. (laughs) So what would be your best music and wine pairing? If you were to go home, open a bottle of wine, and um, put on a record or something good on Spotify, what would you choose? I have been getting really into Pinot Noir lately, so that's my go-to wine. Robin's still cab. She's like, so we'll have a bottle of cab open, and I'll have a bottle of Pinot open. Um, I would do Pinot Noir, and I have really been enjoying uh, a playlist that is on the uh, acoustic, vocal, can be piano, Mm -hmm. um, just really stripped down emotive music. And I think there's something about the, the arc of kind of, you know, opening a bottle of wine and sitting down and relaxing with it. Uh, Pinot Noir is a complex, expressive, but not like dominating wine. You can yeah. just find all different things in it. And uh, those acoustic sets, whether they're with just piano and vocal or guitar and vocal, they really have that kind of, you know, beautiful emotive, you know, that kind of give you the the goosebumps on the back of your neck when they hit that just that clean note absolutely i love that so that would be my pairing awesome for people looking to find you online or if they want to get involved with the wine club where do they go (laughs) mercenwines.com would be the best place to go we have all our information about uh, the history of robin and i starting the winery uh there's tabs there for finding our wine club of course and descriptions of all the wines that we make and a little hint on different vineyards and things that we work with uh mersenne is spelled m-e-r-s-e-n-n-e so mersennewines.com is the place to go for that and uh tastings by appointment if someone wants to come try the wines first uh, my number's on there for connecting i'll probably just uh, answer it Hi, this is Mitch, rather than Mercen Wines. <laughs> and uh, come down. We'll sit around the barrels, grab some wine, and you can uh, check it out. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for spending the time with us and well, sharing your having. wines. These Absolutely. are amazing. Thank you. I'm glad you enjoyed them. Yeah, thank you. It was a lot of fun. Thank you.